You're listening to Dirty Feet, a dance podcast. I'm Allison Burns. We have a change of venue for this episode of the Dirty Feet podcast, and I am recording now from the GCTC space here in Ottawa, uh, the great Canadian theatre company. And this space is also home to Propeller Dance, which is going to be the subject of uh, the episode today. I'm going to be doing a couple interviews with the co-directors of the company, and I'm going to start with Renata Suter. She is one of three co-founders of the company. So we have Alan Shane, who is no longer on the team, and Shara Weaver, who we're going to be speaking with a little bit later. But we're going to start with Renata, and even prior to diving into propeller dance, and even before that danceability, I want to talk to you about um, your own artistic practice, mm-hmm. your own attraction to dance and choreography, mm-hmm. and where that seed got planted for you. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks so much, Allison. It's such a pleasure to be in this beautiful space, the GCTC, where we're artists in residence, and uh, to have an opportunity to talk about propeller dance and integrated dance and my own artistic journey, so thank you. Um, I came to dance later in life, and um, I had studied at Trent and did a degree in international development, worked overseas, traveled a lot through Southeast Asia. And um, it was actually when I was visiting Cambodia and it was, um, I think their civil war was still going on, in fact, (laughs) when I was uh, visiting. And I was so struck by how culture and especially dance, was being used to uh, sort of rebuild the country. And it made a huge impression on me. And I went and ended up working in South Korea and uh, was invited to exchange English lessons for contemporary dance lessons with one of the main contemporary dance professors um, in, in South Korea. And that was just this opening for me. So I started my dance not in Canada so much, but overseas, uh, just being exposed to so many different varieties of styles of dance and ways of connecting with dance and the essentialness to the body moving as an expression of culture, an expression of who uh, who people were and how important it is to to us as human beings. <laughs> so I came back to I came back to Canada very much wanting to pursue dance and uh, worked incredibly hard, auditioned for Concordia University, got into their contemporary dance program. And I was always interested in focusing more on choreography and creation. That's always been my main passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, and again, you know, had some messages around, oh, you're too old or you're too this or you're too that. Um, you know, some very negative uh, expressions, which I find is really typical in, in the contemporary dance world. And I was really adamant about um, doing it anyways <laughs> and creating something new. So um, I guess I'm lucky in a way that I came to dance from a non-typical way, non-typical pathway. And um, and that was continued to kind of spur me on to just continue to follow a non-typical pathway, <laughs> which is something I'm really happy to have done and, and really feeds me and continues to feed me. That is a charmingly unique 
origin story for your dance background. I love it. Um, so I love also how you've, you've already started to kind of sway us in, in, the, in the direction of inclusivity and, and what, um, from my perspective, Propeller really stands for as an integrated contemporary dance company. Mm -hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about, about that part of the mandate and what integrated dance means to you? Absolutely. Um, for me, and really I think for our Propeller community, integrated dance means that we're creating a space as a community of artists um, for people of all abilities to come together, have a space to learn and have a space to create. So um, I'm really interested in creating socially engaged dance, dance that is meaningful in its expression, meaningful in the stories that we tell and the abstract <laughs> art that we create. Um, and I tend to shy away from um, sort of binary language, which is the whole premise of my new creation that I'm developing right now. Um, but, you know, Propeller is a space for people with and without disabilities to, to create uh, new dance. Ultimately, that is what it is. That's what we're defining as integrated dance. And uh, that's, that's what we're exploring. And let's, uh, again, talk about the beginnings and talk about um, how Propeller kind of grew out of dance abilities and kind of where, where the philosophies meet and maybe where they separated or why it became a new company mm -hmm. inspired by that. Sure. So I was doing work in the community in Ottawa, and uh, Shara and Alan as well were doing work in the community in Ottawa. Um, Shara had and Alan had started a program at the School of Dance called Danceability, although Danceability is actually uh, an organization and a company run by Alito Alessi in Oregon, uh, U.S., United States, and uh, he has a whole methodology of uh, that Shara will talk more to you about, I'm sure, um, but it, it really resonated with how I was working, how Shara was working. Um, and what we found after doing a lot of, because I've been doing this work for about 15 years, <laughs> which is amazing, I can't <laughs> believe it. Um, and uh, we wanted to have a space for people to truly be professional artists. Um, to be paid to be professional artists, to be recognized on major stages. And uh, that's why we created the company. So we wanted to have a space where um, we could really develop the work and really invest in the artists as well in the company. Um, and uh, so Propeller is 10 years old this year. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's exciting. Congratulations. Thank you. I'm a little tired, <laughs> but so proud. <laughs> so with the professional company, you do plenty of performances here at your, your home base, the GCTC and, and other locations as well, and even outside of Ottawa. Do you want to talk a little bit about the scope of the performances that you give? Yeah, so the Propeller Dance Company um, comprised of eight, uh, somewhere between six and eight dancers, changes every year. Um, and I'm just going to tell you the names of those company members because means. they are integral to the company, to the organization. And, you know, without 
the dancer's propeller wouldn't exist. So it's uh, it's a wonderful collaborative uh, process and a, and a collaborative um, organization as well. So uh, the company dancers at Propeller Dance currently are Liz Winkler, who is our also artistic associate, um, uh, Robert Chartier, who's been with Propeller from day one, <laughs> uh, Bella Bowes, and... Uh, Amelia Griffin, Sylvain Bouchard, uh, Moni Hoffman, uh, Nathalie Joannas, and uh, we also have guest artist Seanad Watkins dancing with us this year. So we do often invite in guest artists from time to time, and that's been, that's been wonderful. And then as far as uh, the types of shows or the, the presentation opportunities that you, that you fulfill? We have been performing on everything from Southern Hall stage this Saturday with the NAC Orchestra. <laughs> I've created a new choreography that'll be performed um, in a couple of days. And on the other side of the spectrum, we've performed on invitation in city parks uh, with in a water park. <laughs> So we've done so much, and um, that's kind of been the beauty of our reach, I think, and our explorations. Um, I would say more typically, we're really comfortable performing on uh, mid-sized theater stages, and that's increasingly where I want uh, my choreographies and, and much of the propeller company work to be presented and to be seen, um, just so that we're having the full production values and the work is truly being respected for the professionalism that it, that it is. Um, but uh, yeah, we're pretty flexible people, which is <laughs> wonderful. And then in addition to the um, professional performing company, you also teach classes for children, for youth, and for adults uh, through Propeller Dance. Right. So again, it's kind of because of the nature of the work, we've had to be the training organization as well as the professional company. And we keep uh, really analyzing and looking at that deeply to see if that's always necessary. And um, so much of how I work is, is through that sort of deep listening to what is needed <laughs> in a time and space. And that's constantly changing. So that constantly needs a, a, a refresh all the time. But after 10 years, uh, we are still really... Uh, excited about our education wing, um, where we do a lot of work in schools as well. We do a whole performance and workshop series in schools um, as well. We have five recreational dance classes across the city for children, youth, and adults. And then we also do a lot of outreach workshops when we're invited to do those, um, although we're getting a little too busy these days. So we tend to turn them down from time to time. Um, just this fall, we had a show um, in celebration of International Day for people with disabilities, and that was... Uh, we were there on invitation from Minister Qualtro, and it was an event that was actually broadcast to all the federal civil servants across the country. Um, and that was pretty fun. Um, so we get to do all kinds of really neat things. And, uh, and our recreational side is of equal importance to the company as well, because we're reaching 
different people and we're, uh, we're, we're really also giving a chance for young people in our propeller classes to think that when I grow up, I too could be a dancer. Um, and, and that's so that they see that trajectory is possible for them. And, uh, and that's, that's very similar to a typical dance company, although it's, it's, you know, relatively new in Canada for, um, a young person with a disability to, to have the opportunity and realize a dream of becoming a professional dancer. I've been hearing this conversation about, um, inviting more diversity into the performing arts and in all forms and performers and audience members for, for a long time. And it seems that it's, it's an active thing. It's not a passive thing. You don't just open the door and allow people of diverse backgrounds to participate. You need so to go true. and seek. Is that something that you find in your work? That's such a good question, and I've been reflecting on that a lot these days because there is a lot more interest, and and there's a whole, um, you know, we've spent so much time advocating and uh, creating space for for inclusive arts practices and integrated dance, and um, in our ten years and our fifteen years, um, and now it feels like there's now an investment happening at the Canada Council for the Arts. Our, our funders are are investing, and um, presenters are coming to our shows and wanting to learn and all of that. Um, but there's a lot of work to do, and I could I could event for hours, but I'm going to try to resist because <laughs> that's kind of negative thinking. But, um, you know, people have to walk the talk and that's not always happening. Um, and I spend a lot of my time saying, here's why we need the extra time on stage. Here's why you need to give us more than two days notice to uh, appear at a, a theater to rehearse. Um, you know, um, so there's a lot of work still to be done and uh, Propeller has developed so much knowledge uh, and we're really eager to share that. And um, part of my new project this year is a lot about building a lot more around the access tools uh, to be able to be fully inclusive um, in propeller dance. Um, but uh, it is so much more than just opening a door. Uh, opening a door and saying, we're here and please come. Uh, yeah, it's not enough. And... Um, and and it's certainly, uh, it's a beginning, and it's a great beginning. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm really excited to see what the next 10 years will look like. Uh, because it feels like we're constantly at a beginning, which is kind of a great space to be in, because it's this fully creative space. <laughs> um, but uh, now that we're here, I'm really eager to see how things will change again in the next 10 years. And you recently went to Calgary to do some teacher training, yeah? So you're kind of planting these these seeds and spreading this message in uh, different parts of Canada? Yeah, we did our first... Uh, I mean, there have been integrated dance teacher trainings in Canada before, but they've never been done by Canadians. 
So that was actually a first uh, integrated dance teacher training, and myself and, and Shara were invited by Momo Dance Theater, um, by Pam Boyd, and to to uh, share our methodology with uh, with students and teachers and dancers in Calgary. And uh, there's talk of trying to recreate something similar again in a couple years. Um, I know there's there's a lot of interest and a lot of need uh, for more training um, in that field. And then speaking of your, your funders, you were awarded a new chapter grant from the Canadian government for the 150th Celebration of Confederation. What is the plan? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I am so excited about about this, and uh, I, sh- I should note that if anyone is not aware of this grant, this is the ambitious grant. This is the dream big and do something extraordinary that you wouldn't typically apply for. So this is a big deal. This is a really big deal, and um, I'm so eager to step up to the plate and take on the challenge. Um, it's a project that I've been working on for two years to kind of pulled together. Um, So it's exciting to realize it. Um, I don't know how I'm going to pull it all together in four short months, but (laughs) we'll see what happens. But um, basically, I'm working on a new creation, and this will be our first full-length evening piece for Propeller. Um, And uh, um, there is also a whole component of uh, digital engagement that will be a first for Propeller as well, um, and wanting to fully develop more of our access tools, but in a creative way. So for example, um, wanting to have captioning um, and possibly audio descriptions and all kinds of different ways of being more inclusive. Um, but how do we do that in a creative way? So uh, it's not just sort of an add-on, um, but it's actually part, it's, it's part of the show and it's integrated into the choreography and, um, and all of that. So there's a lot of new vibrational technology that we're going to be including. Um, there's a whole outreach that I'm eager to do with people who... Um, might live in long-term care facilities, might not have the ability to actually come to a theater, um, and how to uh, engage with them and have them included in the show, have a chance to see it in a, in a, new, a new format. Um, so it's a project that will happen over two years. Uh, another exciting choreography I'm creating is also an outdoor site-specific work. So we have about three, three different outdoor projects this year. And when I started this work 15 years ago now, <laughs> I was doing a lot of work outside. And, and I ha- it's really nurturing for me as a creator to kind of go back to that. Um, I have so many, so many passions, but um, just being outside and an opportunity to work in a more natural environment and have the dancers explore what's possible when we're moving through mud <laughs> or, or um, interacting with sculptures by an artist, uh, Mark Walter, who designs sculptures out of natural materials and 
how can those be part of our 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 choreography as well um so there's a lot more you know there's a lot more details around the project but those are sort of the broad the broad strokes i would say mm -hmm. so the show in june uh june 23rd 24th uh here at the gctc is sort of the the phase one of of the of the grant you, you used the word explore there and it reminded me that um improvisation and and i want to know where improvisation is in in your mind i see that it's part of how the company trains and i also in my own practice teaching use a lot of improvisation to allow people who don't necessarily have a dance background to kind of access movement faster and get there how do you feel improvisation is an asset in your work great question uh Improvisation is really the source, I would say, of the material. The source is the dancers exploring their own natural movements and um, celebrating what their bodies and minds are expressing through movement. And um, we do a lot of improvisation at the beginning of a process. And uh, it's a very rigorous uh, practice, I would say. Sometimes people hear improvisation and uh, they, they don't quite understand the complexities involved in, in uh, developing work out of improvisational practices um, or the rigor involved. Because what I find in the methodology and the way that I'm teaching and working and we're creating as a company is that people have to go really deep in their own bodies and their own way of expressing. And then they have to have this incredible 360 ability to see and sense everything that's going on with everybody else in the space. And so everybody's bodies are moving differently. Everybody's minds are working at different speeds, at different ways. Um, we're experiencing the world in, in a multitude of, of complexities. And so that's where improvisation is almost a, um, it's our common ground, I would say. Um, and it's where we sort of come back to as our home base uh, and where we all feel really comfortable because we are ourselves and we're being the best that we can each be. Um, and it's through the conversation of the dancers together in movement that we are able to create really interesting um, uh, possibilities. Um, so we have a we have a tagline at Propeller. We have two taglines. <laughs> That's allowed. <laughs> Too many. Uh, I guess we'll choose one one day. Um, uh, but one of them is uh, the power of Propeller Dance, the power of possibility, and so much of the possibility comes from those improvisational explorations uh, where we really see and explore what's possible. Um, how does my body move with your body? How, what are we saying to the world? Uh, what does the world need to hear? Um, you know, we, we ask a lot of questions about what we're wanting to express and what we're wanting to say. Um, and improvisation is, is our, is very much our common ground, I would say. Yeah. 
And that second tagline is, uh, if you can breathe, you can dance. Exactly. Perfect. Yeah. Just for, for the curious. Yes. We're like, but what was the other one? <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> uh, I guess I have a similar question when it comes to the, the other ways in which I see that your company trains. Um, so in, in using a lot of partner work mm-hmm. um, and also theater skills. So where do those two come into play? Mm. I mean, we're, we're starting to already see partnering when you're talking about improv, so... Right. Yeah. Uh, because part- partnering, though, is, is really essential, too, because we have different centers of gravity. Uh, dancer Sylvain Bouchard uses a manual wheelchair, and his center of gravity is going to be different than your center of gravity. And so there's a lot of explorations that we do in terms of uh, tilts and spins and um, moving in and out of the chair, um, all of those things, we, we, it's going to be different. So it's never the same either. Each in each dancer is an individual. Um, and, uh, and partnering is going to be specific to each person in terms of, um, that all of those skills that are involved. Um, keeps it really interesting. (laughs) Um, Theater, you know, um, I think of my choreography mostly as dance theater, um, and that's my sort of main interest artistically. Um, However, we are really just exploring theater more deeply, I would say, for the first time. I mean, of course, we've explored it in the past, but uh, with this new creation called Living the Desirable Life, um, yeah, we're bringing in uh, a dramaturg, uh, Michelle DeCotnes, who's a theater director. We're bringing in um, Hugh Nielsen to give us some theater skills workshops. Uh, Liz Winkler, artistic associate, is developing script for the first time, um, and uh, so we're we're going into this realm a little bit. Um, well, yeah, a little bit full of intrepidation, but excitement too, because um, my brain works more in sort of poetic text as opposed to more narrative text, <laughs> which I think is a great fit for contemporary dance anyways. <laughs> yes. <laughs> More abstract. Um, but I think theater for us in this new creation is a great vehicle for, for really sharing some of the more political messages that we're wanting to bring to the stage, um, wanting to explore the ways that society has has created uh, inequities and oppressive spaces and wanting to comment on those and then push through them and um, and see what's the other side of that and how do we build build our human connection and create the life that we all want it to be so we get to create what we want <laughs> on stage and say what we want um, and uh, the dancers are uh, are just so integral, and and it's very much my stories, but it's very much their stories, um, and it's a very collaborative process of 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 how we build how we build the piece. So it's uh, 
it's going to be good. <laughs> Come and see it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's lots of reasons for people to to visit your website, um, propellerdance.com, uh, to check out classes, to check out upcoming shows, to see how they can maybe get involved or support yeah, the organization. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's an open door and there's many different ways to engage and, and, and join the community. Our Facebook page and uh, YouTube channel and all of those things as well. Wonderful. I've been speaking with Renata Suter from Propeller Dance. Thank you so much for, for chatting today. Thank you, Allison. What a pleasure. The next part of this conversation is going to be between myself and Shara Weaver, who is the other co-director of Propeller Dance. And I'm going to say hello, Shara. Thank you for joining me. <laughs> Thank you for having me. And what uh, we're going to do is fill in some of the gaps. Renata gave us a really good rundown of what Propeller is, how it was started, and what is going on these days and into the future. Um, what I would like to do is start with you the same way I did with her and ask about your initial introduction to dance and what grew that passion in you in your life. Mm. And do you mean integrated dance or dance in general? Dance in general. Okay. Okay. I it could be the same story. I don't know. When I was four, I went to um, a ballet school in Miss Sutton's uh, basement in Scarborough. And, uh, and then from there, um, I auditioned for the National Ballet School, and I did four years at the National Ballet School. So that was my first, first introduction to dance was through ballet. And then how did you find yourself involved with Alan Shane and the danceability? Yeah, so I... I met Alan Shane at um, actually at a party, and um, I always laugh about how I met him because um, he was carried up the stairs uh, on a, uh, somebody's back, and he sat down at um, a table with a bunch of people, and he had a big um, he had a shirt on with um, in pink lettering splashed across it, "Piss on pity," <laughs> and. He, Proceeded to talk about like himself and his artistry. He's a theater artist um, with a disability, and his work is very much about uh, the lived experience of living with a disability. And he was just—he's also a comic, and he was just such a funny guy. And uh, we just totally hit it off and started meeting and talking about using art as a form for social change and social action. And uh, we also both joined uh, improvisation dance class at um, the former Dance Network, which was um, back then on Rideau Street, where Dance Educators is now. Uh, it was a, a, a studio that was primarily for independent artists. And so we started doing improvisation together. And I was just blown away by all the movement potential that came out of of that experience of, of dancing with a dancer that had um, 
a different uh, physicality um, than myself. And it was the first time that I, that, yeah, I think it was the first time that I had danced with somebody where my assumptions about how the body moves, you know, it, um, were blown out of the water. And I just loved the, the experimenting that happened uh, because of that. And I can say that um, the exchange was very, um, very equal. Um, when I met Alan, I was doing a lot of West African dance and um, finding it hard sometimes to ground myself enough in West African dance. Um, and I was finding that I was getting into my nervous system a lot. And through dancing with Alan, doing contact and improvisation, I learned to slow down more and sense more with my body to really feel, um, to sense, you know, um, when Alan is going to, um, you know, move his arm, I would have to, um, his, the way he, his arms move, he thinks about it and then it happens afterwards. So it, it taught me to just slow down in my nervous system and to just, um, to listen more and to be more patient. Um, and people actually came up to me in the dance community after and said, wow, like you are way more grounded um, after dancing with Alan. So like, to me, that's sort of the start of where like, my love for dancers teaching each other new ways of moving and new ways of experiencing the body um, started in Propeller. And, and that's so exciting because often I think... Um, People that don't have an overt disability um, in propeller get people will come up to us and say, "Oh, it's so great what you're doing for those people." <laughs> we get things like that all the time, and it, it's not about. Um, yes, we do teach like dance techniques, but there's there's a there's an exchange happening between people. Like Alan taught me just as much as I taught Alan at the time, and I think that's the case with. Everybody in Propeller. So. And then what was the impetus for you, Alan, and Renata to, to form Propeller? We, uh, we, had a, we were doing an outreach project together. We were all teaching together, and uh, our group of dancers was growing and growing, and we felt that the, the needs of uh, the company, well, we weren't a company at that point, but people wanted more training that we were dancing with and we we felt that we would always be an outreach program um in the using the model that we were working with um before so we really wanted to to launch into um our own organization where we could create enough support that dancers if they wanted to train you know every day they could so that was real impetus. So we did talk with Renata a bit about, about all the different levels of teaching that happen at Propeller Dance, but perhaps we can talk about the nuts and bolts, seeing as you've led us in the direction talking about how you and Alan had this exchange. What's the model for, for your classes, for your integrated contemporary dance classes? There's a lot of focus on uh, individual choice making, uh, both in the the teaching methodology and the creation methodology. Uh, often our, our pieces um, are very collaborative and people bring a lot of their own material into, just like any other, a lot of contemporary dance companies work. 
uh, they bring their own material and their own experiences into the material. Um, and then in teaching, we draw on techniques from uh, contemporary dance, modern dance. We draw on techniques from improvisation, contact improvisation, and West African dance. So that's, that's my big joy. Let's talk about um, your, your creative process as a choreographer. So, so you, you and Renata both actually perform in the company and choreograph for the company. So can you perhaps compare and contrast your approaches to projects? That's a good question. I would say that uh, I think we both come at pieces similarly uh, in terms of uh, theme, like um, the themes often emerge from the people themselves that are in the piece. Um, I find that I, I tend to, in my own process, I, I tend not to come in with, okay, we're doing a dance about this, or we're doing a dance about this. Uh, I like to really hear, you know, what are the, what are the people saying? So for example, Circuit last year, um, was a collaboration with Drumhand, and it was a music collaboration, and we really, um, through the explorations, we found a common theme of the oppression of working in the workforce, and sort of the commonality of the oppression of being artists, and not being paid enough, and not being um, given enough respect in society, and we, so we started looking at all kinds of different sort of working scenarios. So there's like a section in the piece that very much looks like almost um, Mad Max, like very hierarchical, <laughs> mechanical. The first section is very, there's um, Natalie like comes in and she's basically our boss and is very, there's almost an S&M kind of feel to Natalie's role. Um, is, there's a real oppression feel to that part, and then, um, and then the second section uh, is much more about finding your individual inner peace, and the last section of the piece is much more about um, finding the power within people themselves and rising up and um, taking control of of what you want to say and standing up for what's right. Um, and it had a real party kind of feel. So, so that's an example of like, it was a theme that we found um, amongst like seven dancers, but also for the five musicians that were part of it. Um, my work tends to be also really music driven, I would say, because I, I work with a lot of musicians. I probably actually work I have a longer history working with musicians than I do um, contemporary dancers through West African dance training. So I, um, so I like to uh, work really closely with the musicians right from the beginning. I tend not to choreograph and then bring music in at the last minute. I like to have um, uh, the music ideas right from the beginning being right right there with me and we create the music together, or e even having the music right off the top and choreographed to it. 
So you've mentioned uh, West African dance a couple times, and in fact, you just came back from a, a trip to West Africa, if I'm not mistaken. Um, we didn't get the origin story to that. Where did that come into your into your dance career? How did that spark get lit? Yeah, right around the same time that I met Alan, I also started taking Ghanaian dance with Kathy Armstrong, who is an artist based here who has a youth group uh, called Baobab Tree, and uh, she has worked for decades teaching Ghanaian drumming and dance to students. And uh, I went to Ghana uh, after studying with her, and I've been back five times to Ghana, and I've also traveled to Mali and Burkina Faso, and I just got back from Guinea. And right now I'm working with a group, Cobra du Mandang, um, that does traditional Guinean dance. And so what I like to do is take some of the concepts because a lot of, like, some West African dance is definitely not accessible uh, to all people because of timing. And, um, uh, but I like to take the concepts of, um, like, call and response we use in classes. We use a lot of concepts around polyrhythm uh, to create movement choreographies or... Um, uh, body isolation. So I'd like to use the concepts that I've learned in West African dance in Propeller. Brilliant. Can you, uh, we did speak a bit about the new chapter project with Renata, but can you tell us um, perhaps what you're most excited about in terms of, of growth and what's on the horizon for Propeller dance? Because there's a lot happening. There is a lot happening. I'm really excited that the, you know, quote-unquote mainstream uh, arts community are starting to recognize integrated dance in Canada, um, both through uh, programming, like um, the great Canadian Theatre Company, where we are right now, has given us um, so much opportunity and has really validated what we do. Um, and this 150 grant is just another element of that, of being recognized in Canada as a leading professional dance company. So that's extremely exciting. And then growth from there um, is, is, uh, means that education is necessary, it sounds like. And uh, that's something else that, that you're growing, is this, this outreach system and this um, teacher training program. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, in 10 years, I'm really excited to see the professional company being programmed internationally and nationally on professional stages, and then when it comes to the, the teaching element of what we do, um, really documenting our methodology is something that we want to be doing. Uh, in 10 years, it would be great for us to have a book about propeller dance methodology and be doing international teacher training sessions, um, as are being done by other artists in, in the world. And um, so that's Personally, those are like my two kind of 10-year goals is, you know, get the company out all over the world, you know, <laughs> on professional stages and then get more teachers involved, get, get our methodology notated because right now it's still on our computers and in little books and we need to spend the time to document what we've done over the past 10 years. Fantastic. Well, we'll check back in in the next in another great. 10 years. That would be great. <laughs> I've been speaking with Shara Weaver, who is one of the co-directors of Propeller Dance. 
And earlier I was joined by Renata Suter, who is the other co-director, and uh, the two of them run this integrated contemporary dance company out of um, their space here in the GCTC in Ottawa, Ontario. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you. Any parting thoughts? I just really pleased to see the the growth of um, the company dancers in our company and how the sense of disability pride in our company is showing in our work and yeah we just I, I find that the the individuals uh, in the company the company dancers and Renata and I just the sense of disability pride is getting stronger and stronger I find in our work over time and um, we're, I find that we're getting more political and we're getting more uh, in your face in our work and we're getting, yeah, we're getting more powerful through this work and, and that journey together is really apparent to me. Awesome. Thank you. You've been listening to Dirty Feet. I'm Alison Burns with a few thank yous. First to Paula Flalo and the No More Radio Network. Also to Mainline Theatre and Montreal Improv Theatre. And to all present and past team members who can be found on our website, dirtyfeetpodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast and follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet. Thank you for listening. Until next time. Stick around for a preview of our upcoming episode. I'm going to be speaking with De La Salle student Mathilde Papillon. And uh, she has uh, just finished up a TEDx Canada talk. And it was really cool to talk with members of the audience afterwards, physicists and um, business people. And they were all saying, well, you know, this is a brilliant idea. Um, I had one man who um, has a PhD in physics and he said, I've never understood general relativity so well. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, it was, it was a validating experience.